Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Bridget Aileen Cisco. She is a visibility coach for female spiritual business owners. She's also the founder and owner of Exalted Publishing House and a podcast host. How are you doing today, Bridget? I am doing fantastic. How about you, Brad? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm really looking forward to jumping in and hearing all about it. So, without further ado, let's jump in. So you are all the things I just mentioned. Now, that is a hell of a lot of hats you wear. And I mean, I know you don't wear them all at once, but how important is prioritization and organization to you? And how do you stay on top of things? You know, what's really funny. A lot of people say I'm very organized in my business and in my life. And sometimes I don't feel that way, but <laughs> prioritization and organization is very important for me, especially as my business has expanded and I work with, you know, 50 people potentially at once. So that's a lot of people to be you know, working with and holding space for. So I am big on organization. And I typically in the mornings when I'm doing my journaling practice, I'm writing down like what is necessity, what is top of mind, what is mine to do, what is mine to do for others, and what is least important of the day. So it does help me a lot. And so what does your morning routine look like? So I wake up around five or six. I have some coffee. I do a meditation. I teach Kundalini yoga as well. And okay. Kundalini yoga has just been my practice for about five years now. And I do my meditation. I break the habit of being myself, as Joe Dispenza says, and I do some journaling. So typically it's gratitude or what I'm receiving in my life, you know, good conversations like this, friendships, money, all yeah. the things. And I look at my day, I say, what, what is going on today? And what do I need to be present for? <laughs> Excellent. So what is and what does a visibility coach do? So to me, the women I work with are here to do big things on the planet. They're here to empower others. They're here to shift consciousness. And it is my goal and intention to make sure that more people know about what they do. So in terms of visibility coaching, this can look like a couple of different things. It might look like support in sales or marketing. So maybe they need help with the messaging in their business. They have a new program and they have no idea how to speak to these people. They have no idea what the avenues or channels look like to even connect with these people. So that could be step one. Step two for some people looks like they want to be on podcasts like this. They want to be on shows. They want to be on TV. They want to start getting their message out there in the media. So teaching them how to pitch themselves or connecting them with our partnered PR strategist is something that I typically help with or even helping them figure out what they would talk about on a show. Or if they were to pitch themselves, you know, what would their topic be? If they were to speak 
what would they be talking about? So those are some of the things that the visibility realm may touch upon. And I'm sure there's aspects of this that I'm I'm missing as I'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of things, though. A definite lot of things. Now, how long have you been a visibility coach and what inspired this journey for you into this world of coaching? For me, I always like to start with my illness at a young age because having Lyme disease when I was in my mid-teens really woke me up to a lot of things about healing, about myself, around a self-discovery journey. And I would say it planted the seeds from a young age to be an entrepreneur at least. And as I continued on in my journey and I worked at Yelp in New York City, I was in sales and advertising and that didn't feel very good for me. So after I left there, I started teaching yoga and hosting workshops and that then led into helping women business owners use their voices. So I used to help women entrepreneurs use live video in their businesses to sell their programs. That was like my specialty. That was my forte. But what I realized was actually behind that was my deep need and passion to help women use their voices and be seen for the incredible work that they're doing. Very similar to to you, Brad, actually. So it's been a couple of years now and it has evolved into publishing. It has evolved into, you know, a couple iterations of my own podcast and, you know, I don't always know where it's going and and I'm okay with that. I think that's the funnest part of it all is just rolling with it and seeing where it takes us. I mean, for me, I started out as a photographer. I never in a million years thought I would be hosting a podcast or become an author or co-publish books or like any of it. And I think it's just so incredibly exciting to just kind of roll with it and see where it takes you and the journey and, and enjoy the journey as you're going through it. I mean, you meet so many incredible people along the way. And it's just, I don't know, for me, it's just been an incredibly phenomenal journey. And the best part of it has been the relationships and the friendships that have been built as a result of where these detours have taken me. I could not agree more. The relationships to me, like I tell my clients, I love them. I I really appreciate the people I get to work with so much. So I trust them. We've built relationships beyond, you know, just a monetary transaction and the transformation provided, and it gets to be something more. And yeah, I feel so similarly to you, Brad, about that. It's an incredible feel. That to me is the best part of all of it. I mean, yes, of course, we're in business to make money, but I think the relationships supersede the money, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you can't put a price tag on those relationships. Mm-mm. Yep, absolutely. Now, through your coaching, you say that you create standout stars by helping them write books, get on podcasts, speak stronger, sell more, and most importantly, share their story. Why have you decided to make this your personal mission in life? And why is it so personally important to you to do this work and create these standout stars? I love this question. So (laughs) this mission really grew bigger in the beginning of 2020. And I didn't like what I was seeing on the news. I didn't feel like people were feeling empowered by what they were seeing around them. And I looked around me and I said, the women I get to be around on a daily basis are inspiring. They empower people. They're doing good work on this planet. They're shifting consciousness. And we need more of those stories being shared out into the world. I don't want the fear to be the only thing that people realize about this world. So a big part of this for me is shifting the direction of consciousness by what we speak and share out to the world. 
And I always remind my clients, especially in the coaching I do around sales, is that they're not here selling McDonald's hamburgers. (laughs) They are here doing really good and important work on the planet. And more people need to hear about it. Because imagine a world where more people loved themselves. Imagine a world where more people put good food into their bodies. You know, imagine what that would look like. It would look like less sickness, less war, more kindness, more understanding and compassion. Like that's the world I want to live in. And this is the seed I'm planting. I love that. The world would be so much more of a beautiful place. And, you know, I think that a lot has shifted since COVID in 2020 and people are, and I hate using this word, but starting to awaken more and realize that we don't have to do things the way the societal standards have dictated for so fucking long. And it's time for a change and it's good to change and it's okay to change. And people are seeing that. We just need to get more people, again, woke so that they see this and are are aware of it. Absolutely. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting excited now. Well, I love that you're getting excited and fired up. That makes me excited and fired up too. So we'll feed off each other through the interview. (laughs) I love that. We can just bounce off each other's energy. It's amazing. Bridget, what lights you up or inspires you the most about the coaching work that you're doing? So many years ago, I got my spiritual name. In Kundalini Yoga, we have these spiritual names. And I got my spiritual name and I fell to my knees and I started crying. Because I had never felt so seen for the work I'm truly here to do. And my spiritual name is Priti Daljokar, which means the goddess or lioness who's connected to God's love through group consciousness. I am here on the planet to bring people together and to remind them that we are not so different from the person next to us. And it's funny because what that looks like in my business is, you know, one part doing these co-authored books where we're bringing women together and we're having them share their story and they're able to lean on one another. And I host networking events and it's really there because this is my dharma. This is my path. So it doesn't even really matter what I actually do, what I sell. I'm here to bring women together. I love that. That is so powerful. Absolutely incredible. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? So for me, I work with women entrepreneurs who are at least two to three years in business. So I'm not typically helping people who are just at the starting of their business journey. I'm helping women who know what they do. They know who they work with and they're looking to be seen on bigger stages So whether that is on podcasts, whether they want to hit up the TEDx stage one day, if they want to be an author, that's where we're supporting them. And something that's really important with the women I work with is they have to have a spiritual backbone because a lot in business is, of course, the strategy and the marketing and the tactic and the networking. But there's another aspect of business that goes beyond the known. And I want to be able to speak that language with the people I work with. Bridget, wearing all the hats that you do, you provide a multifaceted level of support for your clients. Can you share and speak a little bit about that approach with your clients? Sure. So I would say a majority of the clients coming into my world right now are coming in through the publishing door. They have the desire to be a published author. And I have this approach called Beyond Just Bestseller. I don't just want them to be bestselling authors. I want them to be making more money in their businesses. I want them to be a more confident 
speaker. I want them to feel more confident in their messaging and their copy and their sales strategy and approach. I want them to feel confident knowing what they would talk about if they were to host a workshop or an in-person book signing. So they might come in through one door, and I'm sure you find this too, but they get to venture through a whole hallway of different (laughs) opportunities together, which is so much fun for me because I can't just do one thing. Yeah. I love that analogy. They get to venture through a hallway. That's awesome. (laughs) And all the different doors they can walk through. Exactly. (laughs) Great hallway. I want to speak a little bit about your publishing and your writing world. As mentioned, you're the owner and founder of Exalted Publishing House. What inspired you to start your own publishing house and when did you start it? So I started Exalted Publishing House in December of 2020. And a big inspiration for me was my aunt's passing in August of that same year. Now, she was a a deeply spiritual woman and one of my greatest fans, one of my greatest cheerleaders. (laughs) And I remember being at her her funeral and just seeing all the people who loved her so dearly and who she touched their lives in such a deep and profound way. And it really got me thinking about this concept of legacy. And that was actually the first book we produced, Legacy Speaks. You know, what am I here to leave behind? If my time on this earth is finite in the Bridget human body, although I believe the soul is infinite, what am I here to do? And if I were to die today, would I be proud of myself? And I was happy to say I would be proud of -hmm. of the person I am and what I've been able to accomplish. And I knew that there was more. So it really just beautifully evolved. At that time, I was helping women with live video, helping them use their voice. And this was actually just a very logical next step. So the logic came in and also just the heartfelt reason of wanting to create something bigger than myself. It's a beautiful evolution and progression. It just naturally unfolds. It really does. So how did you come up with the name for the publishing company? So my name, Bridget. Mm -hmm. One of the I guess meanings of the word is exalted, right? One who lifts up high. And I just like the word. And I was like, here we go. We're going to lift each other up higher. <laughs> I love that. It's very fitting. It really is. It's worked it out is. very well. <laughs> <laughs> so then what is it, would you say, that sets your publishing company apart from some of the other publishing companies that are out there today? Yeah, that's a good question. I think every one or every different publishing company offers something different and unique for the right person. And I would say for us, the biggest component is the networking, the community that's built. And I've had so many incredible people say, Bridget, what you're creating here is amazing. And thank you. We've had women who have done our books four times and have come back and back and back. And I think it's because of the level of support that is provided. It is this safe space within the community. And I just pour my heart into it and that is felt. The authenticity of it all. Yes. Beautiful. So you're also an author. Was writing something that was always just part of who you are or was this a fairly new path for you delving into the world of of writing? When I was dealing with a lot of health issues when I was younger, I kept a journal. And a lot of it was for me just to write down like when I was having flares or when I was really mentally struggling with whatever I'd been dealing with. So I would say I've always had a pattern of writing and documenting my journey and my story. So that's not something that's new to me. However, I've always seen myself as the speaker. So writing is, I would say I am a great writer 
And yet I don't totally see myself as the writer yet. I still hold the vision of the speaker, which I, I am too. So it's funny. It's a good question. I'll have to reflect on that one a little yeah. bit. More, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad I could make you think and walk away reflecting, give you something to think about afterwards. I love it. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So out of these two worlds that you're playing in, the writing world and the publishing world, which hat do you prefer wearing? And what are a couple of things that you enjoy about each of them the most? Okay, I'll start with the author. Well, mm -hmm. I enjoy being the publisher more than the author. Okay. I'm very much an orchestrator. I'm very much a big vision overseer. I'm very much a leader. And I'm very much a, I'm a dog mom. I'm not a, a human mom yet. <laughs> But I see it as like, these are all my children and I'm welcoming them into my house and I'm going to give them a cup of tea and some coffee and, you know, maybe some banana bread and they're going to feel really comfortable here and we're going to do something epic and amazing together. So I would say the publisher <laughs> hat is actually a lot more comfortable for me. Okay. The author hat, like I'm still dipping my toes in the water yeah. and I am writing my own book. So I will say that awesome. that's the thing. That I think is something that stretches you beyond what you ever thought you could stretch. Absolutely. Being an author. And so does entrepreneurship actually along those same lines. It's like you're using muscles that you never even knew you had and it will push you into spaces where you are so fucking uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Brad, tell me about it. That feels like my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it's uncomfortable and it's scary at times, but it's so exhilarating too. It feels so good. Yep. Absolutely. Once you come out the other side of it and look back and think, I fucking did it. Mm. Yep. There's so much that I've been able to pour life into within my own life. And so much has been created and built and it is really beautiful to see it all come to fruition. It is. You know, I was talking about this earlier with someone else and how we as human beings don't typically take the time to slow down and acknowledge those wins when we do come out the other side of those uncomfortable situations. And we need to do more of that. No matter how big or small that win is, we need to celebrate it. It's something worth celebrating. You accomplish something. Be proud of that. Revel in it. Love it. Enjoy it. Enjoy that moment. I love that. I think it's necessary. We don't, but I mean, we just, okay, I've got that off the list. Okay, right on to the next thing. Stop <laughs> and fucking slow down and enjoy it before you move on to the next thing. You're speaking to my heart right now and I need to hear that message. <laughs> it, well, there you go. See, the there messages come to us when they're needed. Of course. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to get into that mindset and settle into that, but we do. We need to celebrate those wins and enjoy it and slow the fuck down. Yeah. Now, you believe that our words and stories have such power and potential and purpose. So I'm curious, as the owner of a publishing house, you must hear this from people all the time. I don't have a story to share or nobody wants to hear my story. What do you say as their guide, I guess, or as you're welcoming them, welcoming them into your house, as you said, <laughs> what do you say to them when you hear those types of things from them? And what is one piece of just one of wisdom or advice that you would share with people who say that or anyone else out there who feels that way? You know, what's funny. I actually don't hear that very often. And I'm okay. assuming that's because those people are standing on the sidelines. Like they're, they're not the ones who are joining the book projects. Right. Yet. Mm -hmm. 
So what I always tell people is that there is no hierarchy in storytelling. There's no story that is better than or worse than or less than or more dramatic or more traumatic. Everyone's story is unique to them. So if you are out there listening to this and you're feeling like I don't have anything to share, do this exercise. I call this the puzzle pieces of existence. All you need to do is think back to some moments in your life. The moments where you've had just experiences memories, challenges, beautiful times, your wins, maybe the struggles. And notice what seed that planted. Because if you were to look at your life in reverse, there's a puzzle. And all these puzzle pieces actually just create that puzzle. So that is my one piece of wisdom or advice because all of us, our our lives are stories. It's within, it's already here. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's true. Everybody on the face of this earth has a story to tell. And I really believe that everyone should have the opportunity or take the opportunity at least once in their life to write their story, to put it out into the world in a book, at least once. You have to experience that and know what that feels like. And to, I mean, I did it for the first time with Sacred Redesign. And when I got that actual physical, tangible thing in my hands, the actual book, fuck, what a feeling. Like I can't even, there's not enough words to describe how incredible that felt and how proud I was of myself for doing it. Absolutely. This is the dream of so many people. Yeah. We can remind people that it's not so far outside of ourselves. It is absolutely possible. But we get caught up in those stories that we tell ourselves that I can't do that or I don't have a story or who who's going to read what I have to write. Or I mean, I went through it with my podcast. I wanted to start a podcast for a while, but I kept telling myself, well, who the hell's going to want to listen to me? What the fuck do I have to say to anyone? <laughs> Right. It, it's true. It's that whole imposter syndrome shit and the stories that we tell ourselves that creep in and prevent us from doing the things we want to do. We are our own worst critics. We are our own worst enemies. And I think that once we are able to overcome that hurdle, all the other shit, like the external noise you deal with, the haters, the naysayers, all the, that's fucking nothing. That's a walk in the park. Once you can get past your own noise, you're laughing. Absolutely. That's the power right there. So what would you say is the most inspiring part of your work in terms of empowering women to become the authors of their own life and find their voices in order to be able to share their stories with the world? What lights you up the most about that? To me, it's this very simple idea of the ripple effect, because if one person shares their story, that impacts another person and then another person and then another person. And stories are powerful because they break down any barriers of religion, of race, of gender. Stories humanize us because we're able to connect on an emotional level. And imagine the ripple effect if we told more stories and listened to people's hearts about how they were really experiencing something. I think it would have a profound effect on this world. For sure. So what is one piece of advice you have for women who are looking to start their own publishing companies? Oh, just do it. (laughs) Plain and simple. Just do it. It's that easy. Just do it. Absolutely. Just do it. (laughs) I love it. 
Now, you had mentioned earlier that, I mean, there's like a, there's a thread between all of the things that you're doing. They're all tied together. They're all down this beautiful hallway, as you said, as you described it. You have training in a couple of holistic healing modalities. How do you incorporate these things into your work with your clients? Yeah, they're, they're not separate at all. I'm Mm -hmm. a certified holistic health coach. I am a Reiki practitioner. I am a yoga teacher trained in many different specialties. And all of them are a part of the work because they give me an understanding of each person's uniqueness. So what I've learned, I also studied Ayurveda. And what Ayurveda talks about is that each person is unique. So what is medicine for one could be poison for another. Right. And I don't know anything more real and true about the world of business, right? What works for one just might not work for another. So we have to be able to carve our own path and, and find our way. So I believe for me, having a background in these holistic healing modalities, it allows me to infuse that into the business world, which it just gets to be fun. Yeah, there's no magic bullet or quick fix or quick solution for business. It's it what, like you said, what works for one certainly may not work for another. It's individualized. Yeah. Now, you are also the host of your own podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast, the title, subject matter? Is it interview style? Is it solo? Is it a mix of both? So I, I was reflecting on this. I've been interviewing people since 2017 when okay. I had a Facebook group and I started this series called the Shine Your Light series. So I am no stranger to interviewing people and having conversations just like this. My new show is called She Builds Empires, and I interview six, seven, and eight-figure business owners on their journey to success, while also highlighting who is the woman behind you know, these numbers. Who is she as a mother? Who is she as a friend? Who is she as a partner? And just a human in this world, because I want us to be able to kind of break down the illusion of leadership and having a certain amount of money, because at the end of the day, we're all just humans trying to do our best. So I'm interviewing some incredible, incredible women on that show. And I'm also probably going to throw in some solo casts as well. Very cool. I love that. Sounds amazing. Thank you. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Being an athlete. I, for all my life, I've probably played every sport under the sun, some at a high level, some at a just a try it out level. And there's something about the athlete mentality that beautifully translates to the business world, which gives you resiliency. It allows you to take action. It helps you navigate hard times. So, you know, I do distance running with my husband and we run Spartan races and we're just, we use the physical body as means of understanding self and putting ourselves in challenging situations so we can handle the challenge of life. And it's so important in business because business is a long game. I'm not here for overnight success. I'm here to create an empire. And I know that that takes time, commitment, and dedication, just like being an athlete. Absolutely. That's that's exactly the key. And I think, you know, I was talking about something similar to this as well, since we're talking about entrepreneurship and the long game and whatnot. I think that we as entrepreneurs who have been doing this for a bit, it's our responsibility to help, I think, educate and talk about the other side of things. Because, you know, you look on social media, all you see is the highlight reels of entrepreneurship and how great it is. And look at how much I've I've acquired and all of these things that I've done. And no, it doesn't get talked about 
the downside of it or the other side of it, not necessarily the downside, but the other side of entrepreneurship, the struggles that people face. And I think we need to have more conversations around that and share those conversations with people that are just coming into this world of entrepreneurship so that they come in with open eyes and knowing that, you know what, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. This isn't going to be easy like you think it is, or like all these people on Instagram and Facebook are telling you that it is. We could have a very long conversation about that, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I think that could be an entire episode. Yes. Sure. But I think it's, I do. I think that's our responsibility to help educate others coming up into this world. Yes, yes, yes. So speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you? Well, it is funny because we uh, we published a book called Success Codes, Secrets mm-hmm. to Success You Were Not Taught in School. And it was really a lot about internal success. So the way I would define success is richness in life, rich in relationship, rich in conversation, rich in fulfillment, rich in health, rich in family, rich in time. I think it is so precious how we spend our moments on the planet and we don't always think about that when we think about success. No, I think people automatically go to monetary and materialistic things. Absolutely. (laughs) But there's so much more to it than that. Time is the most valuable commodity on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And we have such a finite amount of it, really. And so many people spend that time doing shit they don't want to do, doing shit they hate, wishing away, wanting to do the things they love or wanting to venture into other things, but fear prevents them from doing it. Absolutely. People need to wake up. (laughs) They're going to love this conversation because it's planting seeds of remembrance. Excellent. I love planting seeds. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Bridget, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? So a couple of years ago, I interviewed my dad on my podcast when it was called The Gathering Movement. And my dad is a successful business owner and he's had a business for as long as I've been alive. And I said, dad, like, how have you been so successful? Mm -hmm. And he said, relationships and caring about people. And I probably subconsciously knew that was important. But the moment he actually said those words, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, I see this. I get this. I'm going to infuse this into every part of my business. And it works really well because when you care about people, they care about you and trust is built and you can just be human. (laughs) That's the second or third time that theme has come up for me uh, in the past couple of weeks. And it's true. It's, I mean, without relationships, you don't have a business. Absolutely. Yep. For me, I think relationships and patience. Patience Mm -hmm. is another big one, I think, in in entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm still... I work very fast. Like I'm like, I think of something and I go. So <laughs> patience has been something that I've had to learn because I realized, oh, not everyone's like me. <laughs> <laughs> Slow it down, Bridget. Slow, Slow it, it down. down. Slow and steady wins the race, as they it's say. so true. It is yeah. true. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Turning point in my life. Hmm. I would say meeting my husband. Okay. My husband and I are from the same town. We grew up about five minutes down the road from each other. Went to <laughs> Seriously? Yep. But we didn't know each other growing up. And now, mind you, 
I've always been an adventure, wanderlust type of soul. So mm. I envisioned myself living in different countries. I never, never thought I would still live 10 minutes away from where I grew up. And when I met him, my entire world changed. And here I am. We live 10 minutes from where we grew up <laughs> and two houses away from my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And it grounded me a little bit because I am like a fairy just flying by the seat of my parents. So <laughs> he brought me some stability and reasoning and slowness. So that was a massive turning point in my life. That is huge for sure. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment is inviting someone into their own inner wisdom and reminding them that there is no authority or outside figure who can tell them how to live and lead their life. Love that. That's an amazing definition. Never had that one before. I love it. Who in your life, Bridget, has had the biggest impact on you and why? This is two people, but my parents okay. are incredible humans and... They have planted the seeds within my brother and sister and I that we can do anything we want on this planet. We can be as creative as we want. We can be whoever we want. And having that mindset from a young age has absolutely created a huge impact on my life and the way I lead my life and the way I inspire other people. That is absolutely key. Your parents are incredible role models. I've, I always say that it's our responsibility as parents to instill those values in our children from a very young age. Let them know that they can do anything and absolutely anything in this world, that nothing is impossible, that they are limitless. And don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. And I believe that if we instill those values into our children from a young age, they'll just grow up not knowing any different. That that will be ingrained into their DNA. And that is so important with all the noise and all the shit in the world today. That is a key thing as a parent to instill those values for sure. Mm. Yeah, I love that you you care about that too. Absolutely. It's it's key. I had that growing up. My wife and I have instilled that in our girls. It's just, that's what we need to do. Think of if every parent did that for their children, how much better this world would be. Mm. These kids would grow up positive, confident. Like it'd just be incredible. That literally gives me purpose. Like that right there, that if we could instill this into people now who could then pass this down to their yeah. children, we would have a whole new generation of humans. Exactly. Yes. Who are positive, who believe in themselves, who are confident. Oh, what what that would do for people, you know? Uh, so yeah. much shit would get done in this world. Yes. Such power in that. What would you say is the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Oh, this is funny. I obviously have a business where I work from my phone part of the time, <laughs> of course, behind a computer. I've had the same phone for the last four years and <laughs> my phone has been telling me, Bridget, your storage is up. Like there's no room. So there I am deleting everything. And finally, the other day I bought myself a new phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It took oh, you four years to get there, but Hey, you got there. Years. That's <laughs> Biggest joke ever runs a digital business and can't get into phone. <laughs> How ironic is that? Oh, it's a cosmic haha. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, good for you for doing it, investing in yourself. Thank you. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. What is one of your favorite words? Can. 
if you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Mm. Diary of a Badass. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, that book will be penned at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> if you could have one superhero superpower, what would it be? More time. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? It was a podcast interviewing Dr. Joe Dispenza. How would you describe yourself in one word? Ambitious. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? That they can do anything they set their mind to. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Time. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our <laughs> regularly scheduled program. What is one thing you know now that you wish you had known when you started your entrepreneurial journey? I think this one kind of ties into our our convo before, which is I don't believe in overnight success. Like mm -hmm. when we're building a business, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when no one is watching and no one's looking. Like I have done hundreds and hundreds of live videos throughout the last five or six years. And there have been many that no one's watched. And then there's been many where a lot of people have watched. So the one thing I wish I knew is that you have to see this as the long game and you need a why. If you do not have a why, this is not going to be a very fun long game for you. Brilliant advice. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to a little bit about what we talked about previously as well. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Vision, good communication skills, the ability to look at your finances. What is your why? Speaking of whys. <laughs> My why is about change on this planet. My why is just like we just talked about, if more and more people realize the power that they held and that this time on the human earth planet is finite and make it empower other people to live a more just enjoyable life. Gosh, that would be incredible. So my why is just being so committed to this vision I hold for people on this planet because there is so much anger and division and all these things to try to separate us. And I just want to bring the people together and remind us that we're all on the same team on this floating planet in the middle of space. Love it. That's a beautiful why. And you're right. There is so much divisiveness. COVID caused that. The last election in the United States caused that. Like so much divisive. We don't need any more of that shit. We just all need to come together and support one another and love one another. And just, I mean, to me, isn't that really what we're all here for is to help and support one another? This is why we're all here. Absolutely. More people need to wake the fuck up. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? It would be with my aunt who passed away. I would just want to talk to her again. What does the best version of Bridget look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? She is compassionate. She is a visionary. She is a leader. And I feel really grateful because I see that, but I also feel that that is my current reality. I feel that best version of myself is, is me here. Now, love it. Yes. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I could give myself one piece of advice. Don't worry. You won't be at Yelp for long. <laughs> didn't, didn't do well at that job. <laughs> I love it. 
That's awesome. <laughs> Lastly, Bridget, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? We are not here on this planet to be existing as a shell of who we truly are. So if you are living a life in this current now moment that does not feel energized, enlivened, exciting, expansive, you can do something to change. Now, don't get overwhelmed because change is scary, but all you need to do is take one step forward in a different direction. All of us hold answers. All of us hold wisdom, and you are capable of anything that you set your mind to on this planet. Anything. Anything is possible. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Bridget, it has been an absolute pleasure and honor to have you here on the Empowerography podcast today. I am so grateful and honored to have you as a member of this community. And I've enjoyed every minute of this conversation. And I know we could go off in many different directions and the episode could go on and on and we would have so much to talk about. But I just want you to know I'm very grateful for you taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your story and your journey. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brad. You're an incredible human, and I love talking to you today. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Bridget Aileen Sisko. She is a visibility coach for female spiritual business owners, founder and owner of Exalted Publishing House, and a podcast host. Thank you so much, Bridget. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.